into the contest. It's Tuesday, the 14th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, how are you? I am well, Timmy, and it's some good news, mate. We're into the World Cup in soccer. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a tick. Some very, very big news, of course, on this Tuesday. But uh, look, for me on the weekend, I went out to Dubbo and... I haven't seen a lot of Dubbo. I've gone in and come out, gone in and come out and just seen the zoo. But I tell you what, for a guy that loves his food, loves the odd libation, you would love (laughs) Dubbo. I even went for this lovely little Chinese at a small club drinking 389, courtesy of their their boss. But wow, you've got to get to Dubbo. Mate, sounds good, mate. I had a lovely weekend as well. I went down to Mum and Dad's farm, spent a bit of time mm. down there, a few beers at Dad's bar. I uh, had my uh, nephew's uh, three-year-old birthday and christening yesterday up at Brett's house, so that was good fun as well. And then um, a little bit of cooking yesterday, so pretty relaxed weekend, Tim. Yeah, I saw those chickpeas. They looked absolutely wonderful, yep. as did Andrew Redmayne. Australia through to the World Cup soccer finals in extraordinary fashion. Also, this weekend, of course, we saw the Queen's birthday honours list and a number of great sports people. And what about the Bulldogs, the Canterbury Bulldogs? We are blue, we are white. A huge win. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney's CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce, and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie. Sophisticated yet casual. So, what a win by the Socceroos, Shane. It... uh went the completion of the match into extra time, then Graham Arnold made a bold decision. He brought off his captain, Matt Ryan, the goalkeeper. He put on Redmayne, of course, the Sydney FC uh, goalkeeper, who's a specialist at penalties. He does all that wiggle stuff, wobbles around, and the referee talks to him, but <laughs> he saved the day. He saved the goal. And I love the commentary from Andy Harper. He goes, the grey wiggle has saved it for Australia. <laughs> well, it's, it's look, Timmy, this is unbelievable. Who, who would have thought? I, I definitely thought they were going to struggle to make it through to this World Cup. And, um, you know, back from Graham Arnold breaching COVID protocols and, and getting busted on the beach up here in the Northern Beaches and being suspended right through to making that genius call to bring on Redmayne. And, uh, mate, the Socceroos, we, we said we had to draw on Aussie DNA. And it appears they have just done that. Yeah, this is the fifth straight World Cup final. Remember, we had that long drought that mm. we got in. So this is five straight. So they're heading off to the World Cup finals. They've done it by uh, the slimmest of margins, a butterfly wing. But they've done it on the wings of Andrew Redmayne. So well done to the Socceroos. Congratulations. And we look forward now to the World Cup finals after a win on penalties over Peru this morning. Now, Sam Kerr, uh, talking to the women's game, or looking to, at the women's game, among a host of Matildas being rested. Yeah, uh, 
This is uh, Tony Gustaf and uh, looking long term, I suppose, for next year's World Cup uh, with five debutants about to make their um, debut. Uh, but yeah, resting Sam Kerr, the captain, vice captain Steph um, Catley, uh, Kaya Simon, uh, Caitlin Ford, all being rested, um, all the senior players there. Um, he, he said that once he was going to pick and stick with the team moving into the World Cup, but still wants to leave the door open for potentially a couple of young bolters. Um, so five girls there getting a chance to impress. Now we've seen the Queen's birthday honours list, the great Shane Warne, Ash Barty and Dougie Walters in there as well, the wonderful Dougie Walters, the country boy from New South Wales who who a lot of people don't remember, you know, scored all those centuries early on in his career. He's still barely a teenager. Yeah, fantastic honour. Um, I know Warney would have been surprised with that. I don't think he ever thought he would have had an, um, an OA or an AO uh, after his, his name. Um, but yeah, Ash Barty included. And, and Dougie Walters, he has done a lot for the game of cricket. He's also done a lot for uh, beer sales uh, on, the, on the Upper North Shore, that's for sure. Yeah, he used to have the odd old bunger as well, Dougie. He's, uh, he, he's yeah. done well, and I, I worked with him for a, a period of time in the early 90s. Great guy, amazing cricketer, uh, sc- scoring a century on the last ball, uh, scoring a six with a, to make a century at mm. the end of that test match. Quite extraordinary stuff. Now, Nick Kyrgios is having a blow-up with the crowd. That's a surprise at the Stuttgart Open. That uh, another. Day, another Nick story. Another day, another Nick story. And uh, yeah, he just lost it. He was playing um, Andy Murray, uh, 7 6, 6 2. He lost. Uh, and he said he's been a victim of racial slurs. Said the crowd yelled out, um, called him a little black sheep and being Greek. He, he took offense to that. He responded with, you little bitch. And uh, yep, just another day and another Nick Curious blow up. Yeah, I'd love it if we were having uh, more stories about him winning silverware rather yeah, than this kind of stuff. Um, look, yep. the money in this golf, this Rebel Golf League, is just extraordinary. Sort of Andy Ogletree has received $170,000 for coming last. Wouldn't you love that? For coming last, mate. So this guy, Andy Ogletree, <laughs> Andy Money Tree is going to be called now, I reckon. He uh, mm. He's... Career earnings to date were fifty four thousand. So he's just walked away with one hundred seventy k. If he plays all five of these LIV um, tournaments uh, games, he'll walk away. If he comes last, everyone with close to a million dollars for coming last. It's not it's not not a bad selection that one. Uh, Charles uh, Swartzel won it. Uh, the thirty seven year old winning five point six million Tim, plus another one. Mm-hmm. 0.06 million for being part of the winning team. So he walks away with you know, $6.7 million for one tournament. Get you a long way on a ferry, wouldn't it? That kind of money. Big time. Stay yeah. with us. We're going to talk NRL, AFL and much more. Melbourne. What has happened to the Melbourne Demons? The wheels are, are rolling off mid-season. I know that if you're going to have a problem, this is the time to have it, not later in the year. But three in a row, Max Gorn delivers a ferocious spray at the Collingwood bench. is remarkable. Yeah, some nasty rumours going around in the background, Tim, and they haven't been qualified yet. But uh, just with the coach and with Gorn and, and issues with the coach's gambling, um, it's clearly having an effect on the team now that's, that won 17 in a row, have now lost three in a row. 
and they didn't look like beating uh, Collingwood, apart from the first 18 minutes where they scored 30 points. Now, they only scored 56 points for the game, Melbourne. Uh, Collingwood winning 82 to 56 in the end and uh, just dominating them. Gorn walking off half time and uh, someone has obviously had a go at him from the Collingwood bench and he just let rip the big fella and uh, clearly blowing up. And, and Gorn's been the steady head with that Melbourne team, been very, very calm and collected. And when your captain starts to lose it, there are serious issues in the Melbourne D's at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff swirling, isn't there? That um, mm. There's the odd message going around that uh, there is more than just a problem on the football field. Yep, yeah, definitely, mate. And uh, I think that will come out this week. Yeah, it's a big story. You heard it first on Afternoon Sport at the Melbourne mm. Demons off the field. Uh, that is uh, no doubt being compounded on the field. Um, they're playing very unlike the way that they played as they made their way Correct. to win the grand final and the flag last year. Now, what an upset it was for the Bulldogs. Um, Mick Potter, well done to you as the fill-in coach after Trent Barrett lost his job. Uh, Mitchell Moses had a, a, a very poor game and some some poor decisions, but but you've got to hand it to Canterbury. They were phenomenal. They were good, weren't they, the Dogs? 34-4, to four, they won the match. and um, But, yeah, like uh, – Mitchell Moses, the try, Junior Paulo popped that beautiful little pass to him, put him into the gap. All Mitchell Moses had to do was put the ball down underneath the sticks. And he sort of jogged and took it easy. And it was Matt Burton that saw the opportunity, came in and slapped the ball out of Mitchell Moses' hands. And it just sort of summed up Parramatta's overall effort. They're just very, very um, weak sometimes and, and, and very lazy. And when, when your star half is uh, doing silly things like that, it really has a, a ripple effect for the, for the rest of the team. And, yeah, Parramatta need to do some soul-searching now for the rest of the season. Yeah, and it doesn't get any easier. Of course, the Roosters will be uh, yes. breathing fire after going down narrowly to Melbourne, and, and that's who they play next week. So uh, both teams have got pivotal game that – games next week against each other, Parramatta and the Roosters. That will be a cracker next Saturday night. Now, what about Roger Chuavasa-Shek, named in the All Black squad after just 10 games of uh, professional rugby? Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a superstar, this guy, and uh, you just don't get drafted into the All Black squad unless there is something pretty special about you. Uh, we all know that he's a former Rooster and Warriors player, and he's um, hooked up with the Auckland Blues, and just after 10 matches, as you mentioned, Tim, he's into the All Black squad, and uh, they're saying that his ability to be elusive, quick as a centre in rugby league has translated directly over to rugby union, which is not easy to do in 10 games. So, yeah, they're, they're expecting big, big things from this man. Yeah, lots of players say the hardest guy to tackle uh, that they well, ever played yeah. against. Um, just an extraordinary athlete, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Now, I know I used to whinge when I was in country radio. Sometimes my champagne-coloured Sigma wouldn't live up to expectation in the frozen <laughs> weather. Um, so you'd get slightly annoyed, Shane. But it's a little different when you're Lewis Hamilton and you're really not happy with your car. Um, he's, he's fallen short of calling his car a shitbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, it was actually the owner, Toto Wolf, that, uh, of Mercedes that called the car a shitbox. So that's a big statement from the, um, the owner of the team. Um, and look, my, my dad had a champagne-coloured Sigma too. Tim, I never, never realised we had that thing in common. So uh, both of us know. Otherwise known as, otherwise known as beige. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you and I both know what a shitbox is. But uh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton saying that this 
car was bouncing around and he had to be actually helped out of the car at the end. And he said he was scared mm. to try and keep this car at 180 miles per hour in the corner. He was really scared to try and keep this thing off the wall as it's bouncing around the corners. And when it bounces, you know, you can't get any traction. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, really scared. His back's really sore. And he said he just wanted the, the race to finish. He was in that much pain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. uh, he's gone. Uh, he's gone from a not 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 a, a, a rooster to a feather duster, but from where he was, Lewis Hamilton, quite extraordinary. What about the NBA social media sleuths and the NBA partner swap rumor into orbit? What this is ridiculous. This has got a this has got a bit of restless years or days of our lives about it, doesn't it? This story in the NBA. Yeah, well, it's, it's circling around Steph Curry and his parents. And uh, his dad was a former NBA player, and the parents have split up recently. Mm. But it looks like they've hooked up. Uh, their new partners were once married as well. So it's uh, it's a TV show. It's Y-Swap, isn't it? Um, so, But, yeah, the series in the NBA is levelled at two all. Uh, another game tomorrow is a big one. Uh, it's actually today, I should say. And, um, yeah, so Steph Curry, a little bit of pressure from him off the court. He had a fantastic last match. Uh, I think he'll be the uh, the player of the series when the Warriors win it. Yeah, we often talk about social media cowards, you know, people sitting behind computers yeah. and you don't know where they are, who they are, keyboard warriors, all this kind of thing. But sometimes people, often people uh, just go to the depths that you just would think is almost impossible. Uh, now, we've seen Paralympian of the Year, Madison D. Rosario, a savage a troll. And look, this is just... This is the worst kind of human, someone that um, Madison gets given uh, a fantastic award and then someone comes on and says, well, what's better, walking or uh, uh, winning a, you know, a Paralympic medal? Um, and she just ended it with so much grace and dignity. She said, well, I've actually done both and, and winning the Paralympic medal was was much better. But, you know, people should have to show their face and uh, and, and be – dealt with because it's just appalling behaviour. Yeah, well, I think it, this is something that uh, Elon Musk, with that purchase of Twitter, is mm. is trying to demand before that deal is rubber stamped because he wants to find all these accounts because lots of them, they reckon, are just anonymous, fake, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. anyway, I don't know uh, how you get to the bottom of that. It's a very difficult area to police. But one mm. area that's not that all that hard to police is the relationship that you and the great Corey <laughs> Pearson former first grade rugby league player you're uh, always great mate well great mates and uh, as you saw on the weekend uh, Brent Naden uh, from the West Tigers was sent off with a spear tackle on Jake Travojevic uh, the last West Tigers player to be sent off was my my best mate Corey Pearson who was sent off in 2002 um, and it reminded me of a story when we were working together only oh, probably about six seven years ago now Corey is works in the corporate bookmaking industry and I joined him there for a year and I'd often walk past Corey in the office over there in North Sydney and Corey was a, a very good wicketkeeper batsman, but as we know, turned front rower for the Tigers in St. George. Mm. And I'd walk past him in the office just when he was sort of off, sort of slightly off balance and sort of give him a bit of a hip and shoulder in the office. And he said to me, after I did this about six or seven times, mate, you do that one more time, I'm going to smash you. Well, we finished a lunch over in Surrey Hills and I had a brand new Hugo Boss suit on, Tim. And of course, Corey, true to his word, ran up from behind me after a, a let's just say, a heap of beers and hit me with his tackle, I wasn't even looking, and drove me into the garden bed with my new suit on. My ass blew out of my, my back seat of my suit, and uh, I ended up face down the garden with my ass upwards in the air in Surrey Hills, which is not a good place to be uh, 
butt naked in Surrey Hills, and uh, I quickly just got in the cab and said, home time. <laughs> Corey's. Well, there's no, no, no crack in that argument. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors, Shana. Yeah, fantastic sponsors. District Brasserie, uh, Chifley Tower in Sydney there. Tim, go and check it out, guys. Fantastic venue. Yeah, got to pop in. Mm, all this talk of food and wine and our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. He doesn't want to be a glass or something nice. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.